Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. If you find yourself needing legal representation for DUI defense or criminal defense or personal injury, trust East Tennessee's premier lawyer, Marcos Garza. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Before you say guilty, say Garza. Let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his haircut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. All right, another edition of Reed's Ranch, the first of 2020. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. Glad to be here. Glad to be here in another year with you, doing what we love. Things are uh, going well, I think, for uh, for us. I think things are going well for me in general when it comes to sports. It's uh, it's been a pretty good last couple weeks between the bowl win. Uh, basketball team was sucking for a little bit, but they got a big win last night. My Titans are rolling, just like I told you they would. Please press F for your Buffalo Bills. They are no longer playing, but that's okay. Yeah, I was thinking, we last talked, we last did a podcast nine days ago, right? I think it was nine days ago. It was Monday night. I believe that is correct, yes. And um, the amount of stuff that has happened in that nine days, um, a lot of stuff has happened. But yes, congratulations to your Tennessee Titans. Congratulations to you for calling this a long time ago that they would get into the playoffs and they would be rolling and... um, Nobody would be able to stop Henry. You called this, I can't even really remember what game it was. It was whoever y'all beat before the Raiders. Yeah, it was after we uh, dismantled the Indianapolis Colts. That's right, when you really started rashing it up. So you've been calling this for, what, a month and a half? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And look, I'm not, you know, it's no real surprise here that I was right about something again. But, you know, it's nice to be acknowledged. I appreciate you. Uh, pointing out just how right I've been about this for the last six weeks. I don't think there's been anybody more correct than me in the whole entire country when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. I think I'm the foremost uh, voice right now in terms of predicting the Titans' success and uh, laying out exactly what was going to happen. Well, you did call the playoff scenario with the Saints yeah, before anybody else did. I was first to that. You uh, definitely were first to that because, like, it had been – I had heard that from you a, a way – like a good time before uh, in Rappaport said – was talking about it, that that Saints game didn't matter. Everyone was mocking me after the Texans won, and I was sitting there saying, actually, guys, losing to the Texans week 15, not that bad, as long as Seth's Bills take care of business against the Steelers. 
everything's going to be good. And that's exactly what happened. I feel like I was ahead of the curve. I appreciate you acknowledging that. Um, New England was a lot of fun. It was nice to go up to Boston and conquer that in the dynasty. It was, uh, it was nice to bring back that scalp to put on the wall. It was nice to bring back the crown from Thomas Brady. The NFL is uh, now for at least a week. It belongs to the Tennessee Titans. It does. We'll see how this weekend goes. I mean, Mark Ingram's scared. Mark Ingram's scared. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to play him. Mark Ingram's body is shutting down. He wants no part of the Titans' defense that shut out the New England Patriots in the second half. He's bowed out. He is close to letting go of the letting go of the rope. Which you hate to You're see. You're supposed it. to hold on to it. They always say hold on to the rope. He is about to let go of it. He he's about to let go of the rope. Sad to see. Um, what is the spread? It is currently at nine and a half, I believe. You know, the Titans are in good position right here. I like our matchup. I think that we threw everyone off our scent by letting Ryan Tannehill look like he forgot how to play football. Despite, look, I mean, he the the fumbles were a little disheartening. Um, the interception wasn't so bad. I, I think Corey Davis kind of let him down there by not picking up the ball. It was a bad interception, but I think if his receiver sees it and it goes up and you know tries to make a play, I think it's pass interference at the worst. But I will say Ryan Tannehill made uh, big third down throws. He made two of them on, in the fourth quarter. We know with six minutes left or so. He had a gigantic uh, third down run where he lowered the shoulder and ran over a Patriots defensive back. That's when I really started giving the people in my uh, section shit. Just really chopping the first down at them. Just really talking about, hey, boom, Tannehill, boom. I was uh, doing a lot of the train motion, saying <laughs> choo-choo every time Derrick Henry would get five yards. <laughs> Let out some all aboards. Sometimes it was just strictly quiet, just the, the, just the arm motion up and down. <laughs> I correctly told them in the first quarter and the second quarter. I correctly told them, and they got very mad at this. I would, I would tell them, uh, "Hey guys, you're not going to beat the Titans with field goals. <laughs> not going to beat the Titans with field goals. Your you're kicking field goals are going to come back to get you." <sighs> it was bad because there was this uh, mother and daughter uh, two rows ahead of us, and they kept wanting to turn around and give high fives, like. Up a row. It's like there's a row of Patriots fans they had to keep trying to reach around to uh, give us high fives. I eventually started ignoring them because I felt bad. But um, when Ryan Tannehill lowered his shoulder and ran over, uh, that was uh, one of the best moments. Yep. So we're going to go up to Baltimore, and everyone's going to doubt Ryan Tannehill. You got Earl Thomas, a.k.a. Richard Sherman made me, uh, talking a bunch of shit. Is he? Yeah, he's talking about how if uh, Tannehill has to throw, it's not going to go well for them, as if Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor are back. Why, I, why do people talk like that? Like, just, like, what good does that do, Earl Thomas? Earl Thomas, I mean, if they want to have swagger, that's fine. If they want to be overconfident, that's fine. Uh, they talked about how the Patriots weren't interested in tackling Henry, which <clears throat> I kind of buy. They didn't look like they really wanted to tackle Derrick Henry. The thing is, I don't think Baltimore's defense is going to want to tackle him in the second half either. Who does? No one. No one. Once that train gets rolling, there's no stopping it. So I think we're going to go up there, and I think we're going to score a bunch of points. It's just whether or not we can keep Lamar Jackson from scoring a bunch of points. You've already pointed out Mark Ingram has tapped out. 
We will see what Lamar Jackson does this go-round in the playoffs. Last time he was in the playoffs, he was terrible. He was trash. Yeah. They were booing him in Baltimore. They wanted Joe Flacco. I forgot about that. They wanted Joe Flacco. They were booing. They wanted Joe Flacco. That's the last time we got to look at Lamar Jackson in the uh, in the playoffs. He didn't do anything until the fourth quarter. He had like eight passing yards until the fourth quarter. If I remember correctly. Did Greg Roman just basically design an offense over the over the offseason for him? Yeah, basically. And, you know, Greg Roman was, uh, you know, I, I think he probably should have get a lot of the credit that we gave John Harbaugh whenever uh, they were in San Francisco. Why has nobody hired Greg Roman to be head coach? He was rumored on this go-round to get some looks. Uh, apparently, uh, no one wants to hire him. Maybe Cleveland hires him. Maybe. I thought Carolina maybe should have hired him and then just brought Cam Newton back. But either way, uh, my guy Dean Pease went up against him in the Super Bowl and was victorious against him whenever it was Ravens versus 49ers. Dean Pease knows John Harbaugh well. I am uh, confident that we are going to go in there and uh, – uh, pull out a close win. Good. I hope. Are you getting to go? I'm going. We uh, bought our tickets. We are set to go. I'm leaving uh, Friday after my show. Good. I hope they win for your sake. We're going to win, and then uh, and then we will keep our title belt. That's right. We are, we are the champions of the NFL right now. That's right. Nobody can take that away from you. Well, I mean, Baltimore can, but Baltimore they're not going lining. to. Yeah, going. Baltimore is lined up to try to take away, take this away from us. But either way, I mean, like, was Mark Ingram like? Did he get hurt in their last game or what? He got hurt, yeah, in like week sixteen, and then they all pretty much uh, rested in uh, week seventeen. But either way, let's move on. Titans are going to win. Either way, let's focus. It's been a good last three weeks for Tennessee. Tennessee has uh, really caught fire. Football, the bowl win. Hey, let's celebrate the bowl win. That was a good bowl win. <laughs> that was um, an interesting game, huh? I liked how Tennessee basically didn't play for 55 minutes and then realized with about five minutes to go that they were going to lose. And so they decided that they would play, and then they won. They basically just goofed off for forever. They were dicking around. They uh, That first quarter was pretty frustrating. We should have been up 14 nothing. It seemed like it seemed like Cheney kind of had a bad game. I don't know though. That was just from what I was felt being there, but then I saw people say that like Garantano was just missing wide open dudes in the end zone or whatever. I didn't go back and rewatch it. I don't know how bad the play calls were or anything or like if it was just all Garantano who was terrible. No disrespect to him, but uh this is what happens when you try to throw the ball to, you know, DWA. Nothing happens when you throw nothing good happens when you throw it to Wood Anderson. Yeah. That's what we tried on fourth down. It just that that was my problem with the play call is that guy doesn't make any big catches for us. Whatever. Throw it to Callaway. Throw it to Callaway. Yeah, that would probably would have been a better idea. I think I would have liked that one better. But either way, either way, um the fourth quarter, we finally got an onside kick. Shout out to Jeremy Pruitt. Shout out to Jeremy Pruitt. He finally successfully called an onside kick. I mean, we had some, you know, we had some beautiful ones last year. It really boggled the mind we didn't recover that one against Florida and Auburn. But that one against Indiana was perfect. 
for as much as it boggled your mind that we didn't recover any last year, it, it boggled my mind we didn't try any. We this didn't year. try any. I know. I know. It's crazy. We didn't even try one. I know. Until we had to. <coughs> How was Indiana not more prepared for that? Well, I would imagine Indiana has a shitty football coach. I don't. I don't look at uh, what's his name, Tom Allen. Is that his name, Tim Allen? Something like that, Tom Allen. I think. I don't look at the tool man as uh, being one of the best tacticians in college football. He doesn't seem to be one of the sharpest guys. You know, they gave him four million dollars a year. I mean, he won eight games at Indiana, so I mean, it's probably worth it for them. <clears throat> but the tool man did not see that onside kick coming for some reason. It's 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 hard to believe he didn't see that coming, but. To be honest, I didn't think we were going to kick it on sidekick either. I didn't think we were either. I'm not paid $4 million a year to coach football. That's the tool man's job. That is true. And um, he didn't see it coming. Whenever he saw Paxton Brooks uh, uh, kick that ball on side, do you know what he did? What'd he do? <laughs> you get it? That's the voice. That's the sound that uh, Tim would say. I do, I do. I can't really do it right now because I'm a little under the weather, as are you. Um, How about the tool man getting hit with the Gatorade shower, though? Did you ever see that? I didn't see the video I didn't of it, see but... it. I didn't see it. I just looked up on the Jumbotron, and I'm like, damn, that dude sweated a lot. And then I got on Twitter, and I, like the first tweet I see is from you asking if he got hit with the Gatorade shower. And I'm like, okay, that had to have been what had happened. Well, I saw I saw like Pruitt as he's shaking hands, basically say sorry that happened. Okay. And the tool man was like, hey, "It's it's okay, it happens." And Pruitt was barely barely had anything on him, and that guy was just drenched, just soaking wet. Absolutely soaking wet. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe that one's more of it. Oh, I can't do it. My throat's hurting. <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy that uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas just just disappeared. Was, just was nobody. I, do you think it's because he was so short? I, I don't know. I mean, how tall is he? He's very short. He's very short. He's like, yeah, he, he's, he's five I five. Say like, I was gonna say five four. Yeah, he's short. I mean, like you can't be you can't be a star like unless you're like Tom Cruise to five seven. Yeah, like Tom Cruise. Maybe Jon Snow, I guess, although Jon Snow hasn't really found work outside of Game of Thrones. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is 5'7". Okay, okay. Now, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I bet uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas looks at him a little envious. Yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, child star, one of the best baseball movies of all time, shout out to Angels in the Outfield, was able to uh, parlay that into a pretty successful career. Now he's like Batman slash Nightwing. Apparently Nightwing is uh, Robin grown up, is what someone told me. I didn't know that. But we're not comic book nerds, so. I like Batman, but yeah, I didn't get to that part of the uh, the comic books. As Tennessee points out in the Discord, Dane DeVito is short. That is correct, but Dane DeVito plays a part. Yeah, he does. He's a fat, funny, short man. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, not fat, not funny. I mean, what 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 did Jonathan Taylor Thomas end up doing? Anything? I don't think he did. I don't think he did anything, man. He made that movie with Jessica Bill. 
where they were supposed to be love interests, and uh, she was a lot taller than him, and that pretty much ended his career. He's only 38 years old. You say only like that means he has time to get his career back on track. He does not. He does not. No, he doesn't. I mean, he just, you know, that's just not that old is all I'm saying. I mean. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, he's yeah, I'm surprised he's that old. Honestly, I thought he was closer to my age. I thought he was just a little bit older than me. Um, What was that? What was the movie with Jessica Bill called? I'll Be Home for Christmas. Great Christmas movie. Damn, he looks short in this in this movie poster. That's what I'm saying. That was the end of it for him. He they picked the worst possible co-star they could. They're like, hey, let's get the seventh heaven, girl. This will be great. And the next thing you know, she I think they were dating in real life, if I'm not mistaken. She leaves him. She goes finds Timberlake. Next thing you know, it's over for JTT. Damn. He's a vegetarian though, so eh, well. shout, shout out to him. Shout out to him. Should have laid off the coffee when he was young. It stunned his growth. <laughs> but um, so Tennessee won. Tennessee won. He did not lose to Indiana because losing to in- Indiana would have sucked. It would have been. That would have been bad. I didn't really care about the ball game, but I was still going to be mad that we lost to Indiana. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, I agree. Like if we'd have played Minnesota, we'd have got our ass kicked. By the way. Yeah. Oh, and and Iowa. And Iowa, they both would have ran through us. Michigan probably would have ran through us as well. Um. I don't know. Maybe we could have stopped Shea Patterson because he sucks. Uh, yeah. I, like, now I didn't get to watch the Alabama Michigan game. Only a little bit of it, but like I Shea didn't. Patterson had like eight overthrows. He looked awful. He sucks. Yeah, he was awful. I was watching it a little bit, and they were talking about like his NFL career, and it just his what? It seemed like a very strained conversation between the his two guys NFL on TV. Career. Here's the conversation about Shea Patterson's NFL career. All right, back to regularly scheduled program. That, like, it was strained. That guy was, like, really forced. Like, he was really trying hard to come up with reasons why this dude was going to be an NFL player. Um, so, but, yeah, Minnesota and Iowa would have worked us. I mean, Iowa looked fast. Yeah, I was surprised at how, uh, fast, they, how fast they looked. Yeah, um, but, you know, we didn't play Iowa or Minnesota. God gave us Indiana. And we beat Indiana. Shout out to Big God. Shout out to Big God for giving us Indiana because we needed Indiana. And it feels good to be 8-5 and five and have the, I guess the final rankings haven't came out. We probably didn't look impressive enough to get in the top 25. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. It does feel good to get that eighth win. Eight is just better than seven, you know? Eight's just better with seven. Eight is eight is better than seven. Then Santiago Vescovi showed up into America, and uh, he went from an automatic red shirt to being our starting point guard in about ten days. And he's been electric for good and bad. For good and bad, the, you have to take the good and the bad. There was less bad last night, at least, but there was also less good. I don't know if I would say there was less bad. I, I, I guess by default there was, just because there was less of him, but. That was a pretty shitty first half performance, and um, he didn't really do anything until like the eight-minute mark. But that big offensive rebound that led to uh, Triple J's three, and then he hits two threes and struts his ass down the court, and then going four or four from the free throw line down the stretch. Those were big, uh, big moments. 
Yeah, I mean, eight straight points, 11 points total in the second half. I thought that the second half last night was Josiah James' best basketball at Tennessee. Like, I thought it was, an, like, overall, he played great in the second half. He had the two huge shots, the, the, the one from the elbow and the three after they had come back. He, uh, he had the dish to Vescovi in the corner. Yeah, that was a big game. That was a uh, big dish. I thought he was going to go a little bit further and get caught with the charge, but he got rid of it just in time. The ref saw through the flop, and Vescovi hit that other three to go up six. And, and then he, he played great defense. I believe he took a charge as well. I thought that the second half from him last night, like he like played really, really well. No, he did. The kickout was good, and, I mean, the three he hit to tie the game – uh, was exactly what I want to see from him, which was they swing the ball, he catches and shoots. Even with someone somewhat guarding him, he wasn't wide open, but he shot it, he shot it in rhythm, and he knocked it down. That's what I want to see from him. Shoot the ball with confidence. Yeah. Um, Jordan Bowden got out of his slump somewhat, I guess. He finally quit shooting. He finally started shooting things besides those dumbass mid-range jumpers. He had two looks at the rim and seven threes that I saw. Um, I saw him had two. I saw him have at least two mid-range shots, but I don't know what the other uh, couple shots would have been. He, he hit one mid-range coming off the curl, which was really yeah. smooth. And yeah, that's I, that I, don't, I don't have as much a problem with that as I do the mid-range jumpers off the bounce. For sure, like yeah, if he's running off a curl, he's shown that he can hit those. Those are fine shots. Like I don't like the like the twenty footers off the bounce. He, but now. It, his like when he does that jab step and then he pulls up from three, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with him shooting pretty much any three, honestly. Like he can shoot whatever threes he wants. Just don't take those long twos, man. Especially That's the off the worst bounce. shot in basketball. You know, another thing is that it took. You know, I don't know what happened over there in France, but Eve Pons learned how to play basketball. Like. The shot is a lot better, yeah, but he learned how to play basketball. Like, he's backing down on people, and then he's got that little shot from the block, like Grant Williams, he's got that down pat. He's gotten, like, you know, like 25 straight games with the block. Yes, he's figured out how to play basketball. He learned how to play basketball. He went from knowing, the only thing he knew about basketball last year was that if it goes through your hoop, you get points. That's all he knew. He could. He knew that, and he could jump high. This year, he actually has learned how to play basketball. He's not totally lost on defense. So good for Eve Pons. Um, good for Jalen Johnson. Came out of nowhere last night. Um, the first three Jalen Johnson hit last night, it looked like it didn't even touch the net. Yeah, and then he come back and hit another one right off the screen as well. Like it was nice to see him shooting with confidence too, and. If he hits, I would like to see what our record is with him hitting multiple threes in a game. I'd like to see how many times he's done that in his career. It doesn't feel like many, uh, maybe in blowouts, but, you know, we needed him last night. He kind of kept us in the game in the first half. So now you look at the schedule. We got South Carolina at Vandy at Georgia, Ole Miss. Like, we sh maybe can get to three and two in the SEC and – you know, maybe, uh, you know, get off to a, a, a decent start there. I would love four. No, I, lo I would love four and one, but, you know, maybe uh, just go three and one over these next four games and kind of get back on track. Like, the only game 
that's excusable to lose until the Kansas game is the Georgia game. Yep, just because Anthony Edwards is so good. And despite Georgia talking shit prematurely yesterday and looking like dumbasses, did you see that last night? They're solid. They're talking shit at halftime and then getting blown out in the second half. They're um, solid. Yeah, they're solid. They'll be on the road. So, like, I'm okay with losing that one, but you need to win the other three. You got. You have to. I mean, there's no reason to lose those other three. I'm sorry. There's no reason. Just no reason. Zero reason. At least Vescovi has, like, just because we now have a point guard, at least the rest of the season is watchable now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a guy who can hit spot-up threes. Like, we haven't— we That one three he hit last night was from way outside— the one where he strutted his ass down the court? Yeah. He was not even close to the three-point line. I mean, he was way downtown. This guy is going to be a villain for other fan bases. It's going to be – next year is going to be fun. You think about, like, with Pons coming back, I mean, and we're going to be, we're going to be pretty stout. What do we think Josiah James is going to do? I mean, I would be shocked if he left. Yeah, I would be too. Although this is a weak draft, so we'll see if he can play his way into uh, the first round. This is a weak draft. I mean, I would be shocked too, but I think I would welcome it if he actually like earned it on the court. Yeah, if if yeah, if he like went off, that would be pretty cool, Tori. Yeah, I would be fine with him going off and playing himself into the first round. That would be pretty cool. I think we're a ways away from that, but uh, you know, he showed some flashes last night, and if he turns a corner, uh, that would help Tennessee and obviously his chances. You know, we're going to have some good players next year coming off the bench. You know, not a, you only start five guys. Speaking of uh, good players and bench and all that, you want to switch to football? You got anything else to say about basketball? No, no. Just a nice win, nice little win. How about the big news of today? We have uh, buried the lead as Cade Mace has uh, decided to come home. Brother Cade has come home, finally. Two years, took took two years too long, but... He's finally where he ought to be. Um, <coughs> I'm surprised that I thought it was going to happen next year. Like it was an open secret. Yeah, people started talking about this in like October. People, yeah, people like I, we have been talking about Cade Mays for months and months. Like everyone knew that. He was going to come back to UT. Austin Price, every VolQuest podcast, would be, well, you know, until Cade Mays comes out and says for sure he's not coming, I would uh, I would be paying attention to that. And then the other night, he, uh, he, you know, posted about it again. He said, you know, well, we'll see where Cade ends up this fall. And I thought, I just thought that it would make sense that Cade would just do it his senior year. Be a grad transfer? It would be a grad transfer. I didn't expect it to happen um, I didn't expect it to happen this year, but here we are. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, I, like, it's just awesome. He was supposed to play at Tennessee his entire life, and finally he's going to get to play at Tennessee. With his brother. With his brother. And it's what was supposed to happen, and it's finally getting to happen, and it's awesome for us. It's awesome for them. It's awesome for that family. He is obviously... Like, Tennessee means a lot to him. I think that we all can admit that at this point. Because he was going to start at left tackle for Georgia. And he was going to he was gonna be able to start at Georgia next year wherever he wanted. He started at four different positions this year, started 11 games this year for Georgia. 
and he was going to get to start wherever he wanted there next year, and he gave it all up to come play at UT. So it's obvious that Tennessee means a lot to him. So I think we can ditch, you know, everything we ever said about him. I'm not ditching anything. I was nothing but nice to him. You know, I didn't say anything either because I'm not a redneck. I told him it was his decision, and uh, he's got to do what's best for himself. God bless. But, yeah, I agree. It's it's obviously been weighing on him for two years. I feel, um, I feel like that is fair to say, that it has really weighed on him the last two years that he didn't get to play at Tennessee. Because there is zero reason to do it now. He is 12 months away from, from going to the NFL. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some bad blood there uh, based on Cooper's recruitment. Didn't Georgia tell Cooper he wasn't good enough? Basically? Yeah, they, they didn't even look at him. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some uh, ill will there. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Like, I thought it would happen this time next year. I was not expecting it, like, to happen today. I mean, it has obviously weighed on Cade Mays the last two years. And thankfully, he is getting to play for the school that he wanted to play for his entire life. And it will best friend uh, keep stacking the cupboard because he's going to have some players. He has some ballers. And then Trey Smith announces tomorrow. What are the chances that uh, Cade Mays can play in 2020? I, I wouldn't think hardly any, right? I don't know. This lawsuit is the this lawsuit. I mean, this lawsuit is basically saying, like, the NCAA needs to do the right thing. His dad's finger shot across the floor. It slid across the floor like it was on a slip and slide. Like, that thing went across the floor after his finger got cut off. Blood is spurting everywhere. People are passing out. People are passing out. Kevin Mays' blood is just spurting on the walls. The finger's sliding across the floor. Cade Mays deserves immediate eligibility. They said he's lawyered up, right? I mean, not only for the lawsuit to sue Georgia for cutting his finger off, although I'm not convinced that Kevin Mays didn't do that intentionally, uh, they said Kate is lawyered up to try to be eligible to, or is it, did I, am I making that up? I, 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 I didn't know that. I hadn't seen that. I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I thought I saw someone in the Discord say that uh, FallQuest was reporting that he had uh, he had enrolled and uh, got a lawyer. Well, I hope so, because it seems like when you get a lawyer, you get you get eligibility. Lawyer up. Like, imagine next year. Wanya Morris, Trey Smith, Brandon Kennedy, Cade Mays, Darnell Wright, with K. Ron Calvert as your sixth offensive lineman. Trey Smith's going to go to the NFL, right? I think, I assume so, yeah. I assume so. I saw him uh, graded by the Athletic as the number one guard in uh, the draft. He has to be. Who is better than him in college football? That you cannot convince me that anyone is better than him at offensive guard. He does not practice. He did not practice this year, and he went out every Saturday and killed people. There cannot be another offensive guard. I understand totally why nobody would draft him. Like, I understand why you'd want to wait. I did think it was interesting that they Chris Lowe said this um, the other night. Sunday night, that it wasn't blood clots last year. It was scar tissue. They took they took him off 
to be extra cautious, but it was not blood clots, and they didn't tell anybody that. And Chris Lowe said that the other night because he's really close with them. So Trey can say, listen, I've had them one time. I had it one time. It hasn't come back since. It's been a couple years. Okay, if that's the case, which I haven't seen that, that's, uh, that's obviously a big deal for him. That's a huge deal. That's a massive deal. Um, yeah, Chris Lowe reported that on The Nation Sunday night. Do we think that's true, or do we think that's just a uh, spin coming out? No, I think that's Chris Lowe. You can take it to the bank. Okay. I mean, I think he's the best media member in Knoxville, period. Well, I think if you are, well, first of all, go fuck yourself. Second of all, um, <laughs> if you're taking Trey Smith in the second or third round, you really only need four years out of him. I mean, I think if you get three or four years out of a second-round pick at a high level, especially a third-round pick at a high level, uh, that's a successful pick. It's not like a first-round or a top-ten pick where you're like, hey, I want this guy to be here for seven or eight years. Uh, First-round picks are a little bit different. Second and third, just, hey, play for four years. And, you know, uh, after that, if obviously if we re-sign you, that's, that's beneficial for both of us, but... Uh, we could justify the pick if you can be a starter or uh, a rotation player just for three or four years. And I think with his blood clots, you can hope that that stays away for three or four years. So I don't think he'd be a first-round pick. And I really don't think he could come back to school and do enough to be a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah. But I think right now, if he's you know graded by the athletic as the the best guard, which was good enough for, I think, the 64th overall prospect... Um, that means he's going to be at the end of the second, beginning of the third round. I think you go if you're Trey Smith. Agree. Now, I could also see Trey Smith being excited about maybe winning the East, which is officially uh, my goal. You heard it here first, uh, win the East 2020. Why not? There's not one reason not. There's, there's zero reason. We have Jared Garantano coming back. Well, many people probably just said that's the reason why that Tennessee can't. I'm I'm predicting he's reverting back to his 2018 self. I don't think I would have started with uh, JG's here as the reason we're going to win the East, but okay, let's hear it. Um, sell it to me. Sell it to me. Let's go. Let's hear it. You you derailed the win. Why not train. us? Why not us? I mean, that, we're gonna have the best off- your- we're, gonna, we're gonna have the best offensive line in the East. Okay, that's better. We are going to have Florida at home. Georgia okay, does Georgia does not have a quarterback. They do not. They do not have a quarterback. Um, their, their quarterback's going to go get drafted in the third round, while the other one is uh, drafted in the second round, and the other one is in Ohio State. Um, Florida loses a ton. A ton, too. Um and they have to come to Knoxville. They have to come to Knoxville. Tennessee doesn't have to play like an absolute slaughterhouse the first six games of the year because Georgia's at the end of the season. That's correct. Great point by you. That game might be in Athens, but playing in Athens isn't that difficult because they don't have a very good stadium or it's crowd. Very generic. Their fans are front runners. If Georgia has two losses, that'll be an easy uh, venue to go into. There's no essence to Sanford Stadium. As Troy posts in the Discord, uh, he, he posts a nice handy graphic of the 2019 dog offense 
And uh, currently, uh, nine of the 11 people are gone. I would be stunned if George Pickens is back next year. Where do you think, where's he going to go? He's a freshman. He's going to get kicked off the team. What'd he do? I mean, he's been towing the line the whole year. He's been punching people during games. Yeah, he's a badass. I'm not going to do anything to him. No, dude, like even their rivals guy was saying it not too okay, long. So they, but, they, no, they don't okay. even think he can make it through the offseason. Okay, like, now, oh, now that was before everyone left. But in December, everyone was talking about how, like, they would be stunned if George Pickens came back. Like their uh, rivals guy, Roddy Nabulsi, or whatever his name is, um, was talking about, yeah, he, you know, if he's even here next year, he'll be good. Like, they've had, I mean, they've had a ton of problems with him. Got a little Janoris Jenkins in him, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's a fair. Um, I don't think George had the best grades in high school. It, it, it was it was stunning. People were surprised. So you mean even grades. You mean even grade-wise, like staying eligible? Yes. I would like, imagine Georgia can keep find a way to keep this guy eligible. No, I, but I, like what I mean is like I just don't think he's that smart, and I think he he's liable to do something stupid like say punch a guy that has his helmet on his head during a game with your in-state rival. That would be something that George Pickens would do. Okay, fair enough. So now they're going to do whatever they can to keep him on the team. Like obviously they don't have a choice. But uh, yeah, they return the center in him. Now, I mean, they've got, you know, like several five-star running backs. The question is, um, the quarterback. They going to try to get Jamie Newman from Wake Forest? Surely they're not going to start the Stetson Bennett guy. They're not going to start Stetson Bennett. They're going to get Jamie Newman or KJ Costello. Um, I guess they're going to try to see if Derek King will uh, transfer... I mean, I, I, Jamie Newman is working out in Atlanta. Derek King ain't coming in and winning the East. No, Derek King's not coming in and winning the East, and ne- neither is Jamie Newman. We are going to win the East 2020. That is the goal. There are you know, zero reasons why we cannot win the East. There's zero reasons uh, why. There's there's some reasons, sure, but we're not going to dive into them. You know, it's like, you know, we've always been big Dan Wolken fans. And even he said today, what... Graduate transfer quarterback would want to go somewhere for their final year where they throw it to the check down and hand the ball off. So, Jamie Newman, if you're listening, don't go to Georgia. Do the right thing. Don't go to Athens, Georgia, because they're not going to use you. Be smart. Derek King, if you're listening, stay with Dana in Houston. Don't make the same mistake Kelly Bryant did. I mean, I know he didn't go to Georgia, but he made a bad decision. He made the bad decision. Stay out of the SEC East if you know it's good for you. If you don't get eaten, stay out of the SEC East. Because uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but our defensive line played pretty good at the end of last year. We're coming. We are coming. And we got Emmett Gooden coming back. We got Big O. Ah, ah Big O, we're coming. Oh, ah. we, we got Tyler Barron. We got a... Uh, we got that other dude we flipped from Florida State. Morvin Joseph. Whatever the fuck his name is, check. Oh, yeah, Joseph. Yeah, Morvin, right? Morvin, yeah, Morvin. Oh, Morvin. With a name like Morvin, you know he's going to ball. Marvin with an O. Um, and we're going to flip Jay Hardy. So, Jamie, Derek, if you're listening, do the right thing. 
don't go to Athens. They signed a quarterback that was rated behind like Harrison Bailey on both rivals in 24-7. So I guess he might be their starter next year, Carson Beck. I mean, it doesn't matter because we're beating them. Sounds like they have some real good options there at quarterback. Um, we're beating them. And I guess we might as well just beat Alabama too. Yeah, we get to play Arkansas. They stink. We get to play Alabama at the end of a seven-game gauntlet. I don't know if you saw this, but Tua is going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. How dumb do those, do those other guys that said they were coming back have to feel? Like, if you're Devonta Smith and you're that linebacker, like, are you going to change your mind and be like, hey, actually, we're going to go to the NFL too? Yeah, it's like Devonta Smith coming back just so he can be the man for one year. Yeah, plus, I mean, with him, it makes a little sense just because, like, they're – are apparently like 15 wide receivers who have a first, second, or third round grade. There's a ton because the Bills are obviously going to draft a wide receiver and they're drafting like some dude in the first round that is I'd never heard of and had a monster year for Arizona State. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a ton of wide receivers. So for him it makes a little sense. Go back to school and come out in a, in a, in a more shallow draft. You know, Najee Harris, I guess, is still thinking about it. I'm just not impressed with him. Nah, he ran pretty good against Michigan, but uh, he's he's very low on their list of scary running backs they've had there. You know, I mean, I, I we'll know by the I mean we'll know by the end of the semester uh, by the end of the semester if like little Tua is any good because if he gets beat out, he's going to transfer. I'm sure he's not as good as Big Tua. I feel pretty confident about no, that. No, yeah, I'm just saying like their quarterback room in general. Um, I'm not scared of Mac Jones. Win the East, 2020. We might as well just beat Alabama too. At this rate, at this rate, they might as well just go undefeated. We can afford a loss to Oklahoma. I mean, it'll be a little bit tougher, but maybe that'd be good to humble the guys because uh, this offseason hype train is going to get a uh, get a rolling. So maybe losing Norman, humble the guys, and then just run the table in the SEC. You still you still get the playoff at that. You still get the playoff there, so that'd be fun. How annoying is Jerry Jones? We are going to kick Oklahoma's ass next year too. By the way. I know we are. We are going to kick Oklahoma's ass. Look, you don't have to convince get, me. Let's just go ahead and get that out there. Oklahoma is getting their ass kicked. They're not good. They're not good. The, the, the LSU coaches didn't think they were a top 15 team. The LSU players said they were the fifth best team on their schedule. We're not losing to Oklahoma. We're not losing to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley, the shine is off. So much that he didn't even, so much that he didn't even get an interview this go around. The Cowboys were going to hire Dan Mullen over him. Why didn't they? Why did Jerry have to get a guy with NFL experience? And it, like of all the dudes with NFL experience, it, Mike McCarthy. I'm not gonna Mike mock Mike, Mike McCarthy. I'm not gonna mock him. Well, I am because it's boring as shit. And they could have had Dan Mullen. They could have done us a favor and done themselves a favor. Maybe. I don't know what Dan Mullen would do in the NFL. I, I don't know. Uh, they could have done us a favor. You were right about that. They could have done us a favor. For the sake of the argument, we're going to assume that he would be good in the NFL. I don't know if he would be uh, good enough to win a Super Bowl like Mike McCarthy, but he. Uh, the point is they wanted Dan Mullen instead of Lincoln Riley because they know Lincoln Riley sucks and that it's over for him. Do we think that Lincoln Riley sucks for, or we just think he's just okay? He's fine. He's fine. He's a, he's a nice little offensive mind. He plays a cute little gimmicky offense. He's fine. I mean, it's Henry T is going to eat them up. That's true. Henry Toa Toa looks like an All-American. That is true. He looks the part. He was he was good against Indiana, who we beat. 
He was really good. We did beat Indiana. He was really good. He was really, really good. So was Eric Gray. Eric Gray was also really, really good. Eric Gray might be the best player on the field uh, when we play Oklahoma. I mean, what the hell? Why wasn't he playing earlier? You know, freshman year, it takes some time getting used to things, man. You got to transition. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough time for a kid. You're, you know, you're, you're away from home for the first time. You got established running backs on the depth chart. Eric Gray was just saving it for when we needed it. And we needed it against Vanderbilt, and we needed it against uh, Indiana, and he brought it. You know, I really thought that, like, the Vandy game, like, yeah, Gray looked really good, but it was just, you know, there were some huge holes. Uh, actually, Eric Gray is really good, period. Yeah, he's just really good at football. He's just really damn good, which is cool. Well, I appreciate that. It's nice to have a really good running back that looks like he is going to uh, run for 1,200 yards next year. I think he's an every down back, too. He is an every down back. Like, I, I don't think he's – I think you can I think you can pound the rock with Eric Gray. I don't know. When I say every down back, I mostly just think you don't have to bring him off the field on third down because, you know, some of those big backs can't can't catch the ball. Um, I don't think he's a guy who can get 25 carries or anything like that. Like, he's going to have to share a load, but he is going to be the feature back. I mean, if he dies, he dies. We are all day-to-day. I've said that many times. Just give him 25 carries and see what happens. I cannot wait to find you after the Oklahoma game and give you a big hug. Yep, I'm going to give you a big old kiss is what I'm going to do. After we, we finally have, have done it. We have finally done it. We have finally done it. It's going to be revenge for, what was it, 2015? Yep, I'm going I'm to give you a big old kiss, man. I forgot about that 2014 game. We rolled up there with it was Justin Worley, our quarterback, that game. We were all right until he threw that pick six. Yep. <laughs> but we Just. owe those cocksuckers from 2015. Oh, man, I forgot about we played them there. Mm. Didn't Marquez North catch a touchdown, or was that Oregon? Man, remember when we played at Oregon? That was I thought Kroom had the touchdown against Oklahoma. It was Kroom against Oklahoma. It was Kroom against Oklahoma. I think it was. I think Marquez North did against Oregon. I don't know if he did. Josh Smith had one against uh, Oregon to start the game. Yep. <laughs> yep, he sure did. But now it's going to be Eric Gray and Ramel Keaton. Oh, Rammel. Ramel. Ramel. <laughs> Ramel Keaton. Ramel. <laughs> Producer, cut that out. <coughs> I'm sorry. Ramel Keaton. Big said Tillman had a big catch the other night. Yeah. I don't remember it, but okay. Wait, no. I'm thinking of the Vandy game. Okay, Keaton, I say, I don't remember Keaton had big catches against Indiana. All Keaton said, had the big one. Yeah. Said Tillman's greatest hits just run together. You know, they just run together. Let's get to uh, some new patrons, and then let's ask a couple questions. Let's get out of here. Uh, shout out to new $2 patron, Ethan. Shout out to Ethan. We love you. Shout out to new $5 patron, Trevor Burleson. Shout out to Trevor Burleson. We love you. Um, we got uh, someone who's up their pledge. My guy, Zach, has gone from a $30 patron to a $50 patron. Shout out to Zach Elliott. We appreciate it. My, my children, thank you. At Christmas morning this year, they said, tell Uncle Zach. I said, thank you because of him. They got Barbie dolls and G.I. Joes. We appreciate it, and we love you, Zach. That's a heartwarming story. It was a beautiful moment. Uncle Zach, we love to see it. Uncle Zach. Thank you, Uncle Zach. All right, let's get to a couple questions. Uh Zach is also a troop. We love uh, the we love the troops. We love the troops. He is uh, uh, over in Alaska, so uh, be safe, Zach. Uncle Zach. We love you. We appreciate you. 
Okay, let's see. Uh, G-Man asks, what's your common cold medicine routine? Topical, since we've both been coughing so much. Yeah, um, I go DayQuil, cold and flu severe every uh, six hours, I think it is. Every six hours. Man, DayQuil's been making me feel bad lately. I will. It will make me feel bad if I don't eat. I feel like I've, I feel like I've been eating too, but like I feel like I take it when I eat and it, it makes me feel bad. I took some NyQuil the other night and laid down in bed before bed. And the room started spinning, and I thought I was going to throw up. Jeez. Okay. To which my to which my lovely girlfriend got up and left me. She left the room. She said she can't handle throw up, and she's out of there. Did you throw and up? And I said, oh, thanks. I need you right now more than ever because I don't feel good, and you just bail on me. And she said, yep, I don't like throw up, so thanks a lot, NyQuil. I did. Uh, I, I do do a lot of emergency. Yeah. But then Brother Matt Kyle, when we were in uh, New England, said emergency is a sham and that it's fake. Interesting. So, so now I have canceled my use of emergency. I uh, last week I was taking um, Robitussin honey and Robitussin with a little honey in Jacksonville. Um, I was taking that like every four hours on the dots. Um, that was the only way I was able to sleep because even though it was non-drowsy, it was the only thing that would keep me from coughing. So I was basically taking Robitussin with a little honey and Dayquil cold and flu severe at every point in time that I could until I got better. And then as soon as I had finally started getting over the hump on Saturday morning, I woke up and my right eye was matted shut. And I got pink eye in my right eye. About noon on Saturday, I felt it starting happening in my left eye. And um, rather than going and sitting in the urgent care all Saturday, there is a uh, there is a patron, and I won't mention his name because I don't want to get him in trouble, who was able to write me a prescription for some for uh, antibiotic and a steroid. <laughs> all right, now we're talking. For my pink eye, and let me tell you, he saved my damn life because I hadn't had pink eye since I was in elementary school, and boy, did I forget how much it sucks. It sucks ass. I was sitting there trying to watch the Titans, and like my eyes are blurry. There's just like the stuff. Oh, hold on. First of all, first of all, first of all, you son of a bitch, they are not your Titans. You jump board to the Bills. Do not try to come back now. It's too late. I'm trying to watch the Titans, and like my eyes are blurry. The stuff that is coming out of my eyes is not safe for work. Like it is, it is, it would be rated R. I mean, it is just this stuff is just like oozing out of my eyes, and I'm like, I've been disgusting. I don't want to hear anymore. It was awful. Like it was hard to drive to Walgreens to get the prescription. But shout out to that patron, he and Uncle Zach and my best friend Luke. Those are my three favorite patrons. Speaking of oozing out of the eye, tough to watch, just a disaster. What are your thoughts on Josh Allen's performance against the uh, the Texans? I think that um, it's safe to say the moment got to him a little, a little bit. <laughs> I think it's what safe. the hell was he doing? He thought he was Reggie Bush in the Rose Bowl. I don't know. Do you it, remember Reggie Bush lying yes. on that ball in the Rose Bowl? Yeah, like that's like. That's Josh Allen. He's going to make some plays where you're just like, holy shit. And then he's going to do some things where you're like, holy shit. And one is good and one is bad. Um, I think it's safe to say he was a little nervous. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a reason why the uh, certain quarterbacks get to the playoffs. You don't have much confidence in them. Um, Lamar last year, um, Josh Allen this year, probably Lamar again this year. Uh, maybe Jimmy G. I was about to say maybe Jimmy G. Curious to see what Jimmy G looks like in, under the under the bright lights. I do not include Ryan Tannehill because he made winning plays. It's not all about passing yards. You make winning plays. Smokey Vol asks, over under 4.5 natties this decade. We'll go under. I'm we'll go, go slightly under. I think we'll get two in football, one in basketball, um, maybe one in another sport. So that's four. Um, we'll go slightly under. We're going to be conservative. Got to be a little conservative. Only two in football. We'll get one in basketball. And, I don't know, women's basketball. Maybe they get back in this decade. I don't know. Maybe um, Kelly Harper's kind of hot. Maybe the baseball so team hopefully. could get hot. I don't know. She is kind of hot. Yeah. So, hopefully they do. I'd love to see her in a pantsuit in the Final Four just just holding Gino down by the head. Just giving him a big swirly. Oh, I thought you meant holding his well, I was somewhere else. I was going to, but then I was like, you know, families listen to this like you chose joy you chose joy i, I chose joy i chose joy that's right I, I'm, I'm you know what i'm glad to see everyone in the in the discord taking that to heart and running with it choose joy in 2020 2020 we choose joy we choose joy every damn day when you get up you can make a decision that decision needs to be to choose joy are you going to choose unhappiness or are you going to choose joy oh i don't know tough decision how about choosing joy that's right I can't get over Kevin Mays cutting off a piece of his finger just to help his case to get his boys eligible in case he – I feel like he's been playing this for two years. It's been, it happened forever ago. My favorite part of that picture of the of the lawsuit is um, on a scale of 1 to 10, he said the pain was a 10. <laughs> no shit. His finger just got chopped off and is sliding across the floor. My favorite part was that he can no longer uh, throw square hay bales. <laughs> Because the twine touches the end of your finger and it's just too much for him. Oh, man. Press F for Kevin, man. Press it as who would win a fight between Pruitt and Kevin. I don't think there's many people I'd take over Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Mays is going to whip that ass. No offense, big germ. No offense to Jeremy. Jeremy would, uh, Jeremy don't seem much like the fighting type. Jeremy looks like he'd say, I'm going to go get my gun. <laughs> well, that's a big son of a bitch. I'm just going to shoot him. That's what I picture Pruitt saying. Oh, man, I love that. I wish, what if Jeremy Pruitt just went out on the field and just shot Nick Saban in the head? Well, no, he could beat, he could beat Nick Saban's ass. He wouldn't have to shoot him. But <laughs> that's true, that's true. If big Kevin Mays was coming at him fired up, he'd just shoot him. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> Any other questions? Um, I don't see any. There's been a lot of spamming of the, uh, of the thread. So. I know. They need to act like grown-ups. They need to act like grown-ups. Act like, act like you got some sense. Even if you don't, just pretend, please. Just pretend. That's a big son of a bitch. I'm just going to shoot him. He's too big to fight. Any parting words? No. Um, no, I love you. And it was good to be back in 2020. This marks the fourth calendar year, fifth calendar year. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. This is the fifth calendar year we have done podcast in. Wow, five years. Damn. Before we go, Jay Legrand wants to know your thoughts on Iran. No war. No war, period. Iran is not worth any young American men dying over. Young men are the most important 
people in a country. They are the lifeblood of a nation. They are the treasure of a nation. No war. No Period. War. Bring the boys home. Leave the damn sandbox. Leave. Let them inbreed to themselves. And let's come home and let's work on America. My thoughts on war is I just really have one question. What is it good for? It's not. Absolutely nothing. It's not. No war. That's my thoughts. The only war I'm worried about are the Titans headed to Baltimore. That's right. We are strapped up. We are ready to go. Ryan Tannenhill is bringing the pistol or the cannon, however you want to look at it. His, his, his wife is bringing guns. We do know that. His wife is going to be strapped up. We know that. We do know that. We do, we do know Miss Tannehill is going to be strapped up. I am ready to go, Seth. I love you. I appreciate you. Uh, patrons, appreciate. Love you guys. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. Um, if you're down with the movement, you want access to the Discord. All right. Until next time. In the Wednesday rain. Not in three days. Because my heart can't wait. Started out in the Wednesday rain Lights from the restaurant touched your face Hauling old songs echoed off the marble floors But I was feeling insecure I swear I'd never made mistakes But then again I've never felt this way You have so much less to lose when you're alone If you think of me when you're home So won't you just call me up In the Wednesday rain Not in three days Cause my heart can't wait So won't you just call me up Don't wanna play this game Cause I'm falling in love Call me up They say I should watch my back That I'll get hurt if I keep falling like that But I'm not scared and they will never understand We don't have to have a plan So won't you just call me up In the Wednesday rain Not in three days Cause my heart can't wait So won't you just call me up Don't wanna play this game Cause I'm falling in Say rain.